Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. Today is March 26, 2017. This is Shit You Might Have Missed on Flash Black Radio. We are the usual suspects. Uh, sitting in the studio with me, I have... It's your boy, Slim Williams. Thank you for having me back. America. <laughs> and dialing in, we have... <laughs> Christy Hunt, K-Savage, here to, you know, entertain y'all. The incomparable K-Savage, ladies and gentlemen. I, myself, that's bad language, but anyway, we're going to keep moving forward. I pretend I didn't say that. Me, personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third, and missing today is T Rich. She's not feeling well today. She'll be all right, ladies and gentlemen. Just send out your positive energy and everything. Let her know you miss her like we do, and we're gonna we're gonna get it back next week. So, uh, yeah. Again, this is uh, shit you might have missed on www.flashblackradio.com. Getting all the fun stuff out of the way. If you wanna. Listen to us. You can check us out on SoundCloud. Just uh, type in Flash Black when you get to SoundCloud. You can also do S-Y-M-H-M, short for shit you might have missed. And uh, you can also check us out on iTunes and Google Play. Go to the podcast section of iTunes and Google Play, respectively. If you're on your iPhone, you would need to use the podcast app. In Music Play, you would also need to go to your music. Then you would need to pull down podcasts and go from there. And, of course, you can always check us through Facebook, the Flash Black group on Facebook, and of course the website www.flashblackradio.com. And lastly, check us out on Twitter, um, flashblackradio.com, and also Flashback Radio handle, and also Flashback News. All right. So getting all that out the way, uh, yeah, I I have no idea what what I'm going to discuss today because I've been kind of just all over the map this past week, just trying to get things done i do have something interesting that i wanted to discuss that i heard on npr but uh i will of course open the floor up christy wait we're gonna close down with christy i think christy's always the one to shut it down so <laughs> i guess that leaves slim as the odd man out did you want to jump in there? you got anything that you from the last week you want to talk about no nah, i don't have anything specific you know um there's just that i mean there's a lot of interesting things happening in the world and um some terrible some you know, some good. I don't have anything specific. So, you know, I kind of like to just ride the waves of our conversation. Okay. So what, what we can do is we can start with what I was going to discuss. There's a, a podcast that was playing while I was driving into work. uh, That was, uh, it was two co-authors that were on there and they were discussing their book, the net and the butterfly. Mm -hmm. And it, it was talking about neuroplasticity. Um, I want to actually try to find where this podcast is so I can maybe at least drop a link on the website. But uh, it's, it's, I thought it was interesting. There's so many interesting things in there. It's like, I, I want to get this book. And it was so much so that I was like, I might get two and just slide you one. That, uh, so um, it's uh, about essentially stretching your brain and, and maximizing how your brain functions. Mm-hmm. So um, um, one of the interesting facts um, that they had in, in, in they were very clear in stating that the information that they had was pretty much 
done by other scientists. They called all the information together mm -hmm. to make it a, a cohesive work. So it's like they just took a whole bunch of studies or whatever and, and just connected the dots, essentially. But uh, one of the interesting things that they said was um, when you have a new thought, your brain actually creates new, like, like neurons and shit. Mm -hmm. So it basically creates your, your brain actually creates. So when you have a new thought, new shit is being created in your brain. Okay. What makes me wonder what the hell happens to 13 and Nazareth's brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother side right there. Yeah, it's 13 brain, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's just like that right there, that thought alone got me wondering. And it's like, you know, this is how something like racism can continue to perpetuate itself mm. because racism in and, of, in and of itself is an old thought, mm -hmm. right? It's an old construct. It's an old ideal, if you want to call it that. That's not even an ideal, but it's an old mechanism mm -hmm. that is basically passed on. It's a thought, and you don't have to actually think anything new to be racist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What you have to do is you have to be able to, if you're subjected to these thoughts, I would imagine would be have to find new ways to think around these and challenge these. So as you start thinking of ideas that, you know, like challenge the, the validity of the idea of racism, your brain is literally going to create new sections and open up new pathways and fire off new neurons. And that shit to me is fascinating. Mm. So they were uh, they were said something else like, uh, Salvador Dali, who I think is an awesome painter. I know Christy, you probably dig Dali as well. Um, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I thought was cool was Salvador Dali would fall asleep and he had some type of mechanism that, like, when he fell asleep, he would drop something out of his hand and it would wake him up. And whatever he was thinking about when he woke up, he would start painting to that. So it was just like, you know, there's so many different methods they were saying you could do like that. There's basically a waking dream. So like the first thing you think of or the, when you wake up, start writing to that or start doing whatever to that or whatever and just see what happens. Mm. And that's kind of playing along the lines of what you were saying in terms of uh, your journaling, Christy. Uh, a few months ago, you were talking about journaling mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, this this book, the, the, like the, the stuff that they were just saying, it all of it just sounded so interesting. And I guess this is the, the, the nerdy aspect of me. But I was just like, okay, this is one of those things I might have to. I try not to read a whole bunch, which sounds ignorant as shit, but I try not to read a whole bunch when I'm writing myself because I don't want a whole bunch of outside thoughts influencing what I'm writing. But um, this might be one of those things I might have to take a side break from and like read this here and there because that might actually help me to do to be better as a writer or a creator mm -hmm. so yeah that's that well i think that neuroplasticity is important because behavior modification is a thing that we could all stand to be engaging in in some way or another and to know that the brain is plastic to me is comforting because it means that like i can be you know like I, we can change ourselves we can become better we don't have to be stuck the way we are i exactly. mean like some of our personality traits you know will be fixed but like our habits are definitely changeable yeah and I, I, that that concept in and of itself is you know for people who might be struggling with specific uh challenges like if you're struggling with the idea of losing weight and you really like to eat you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know like that can be modified. It's just we have to, in, in a set, in a sense, challenge our brains and and well, like that that ties into memory because like 
Um, so they, 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 had, they have done studies where they can alter people's memories. Um, and so, so Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Ooh, was I love actually that based on a study. I can't hear y'all. Now I'm saying I love that movie. Oh, um, it's based on a study that was actually done, I think, like at Columbia or NYU or someplace. And they had the study where they, um, in mice, were able to make the mice afraid of something. And then they were able to show the stimulus that the mouse, the mice were afraid of and give them at the moment that they experienced the stimulus, this chemical. And the chemical altered their uh, memory so that they weren't afraid of the stimulus anymore. And, you know, um, somebody found out about this. Uh, there was a researcher who found out about this, but then you couldn't do it this in people because you could give them the, uh, an electric shock to make them afraid of blue squares, but you couldn't give them the drug that would alter their memory because, you know, the FDA feels some type of way about testing experimental drugs on people, which again makes sense. But, you know, there is some kind of, you know, irony to the fact that they will let you shock people into being afraid of something, but they will not let you give them a drug that may possibly make them unafraid of whatever you shock them into being afraid of. But anyway, so um, then it turns out that this researcher, um, was able to find out um, through, you know, years later, other work that um, there were mice who were given a stimuli and they were made afraid of something and not as a part of the study, but as something else, they were giving something pleasant. And it turned out that the mice who were giving something pleasant were forgetting um, to be afraid of the stimuli. So I'm saying all that to say that, like, you know, we can change ourselves by doing something pleasant at the time that we are doing, you know, or seeing something that is an unpleasant memory that can help us to alter the memory because your memory is only as good as the last time you retrieved it. Yeah. And which is and all that is fascinating like to me. Thing is constantly changing, so you don't actually remember something. You remember the last time you remembered something. Yeah, and that's why going off of memory in in terms of being in you know a court of law and trials oh. and stuff like that is so sketchy sometimes. Extremely problematic. Because, yes. Yeah, because uh, the memory can memory can be altered. Uh, Memory can be altered by a bias or like, you know, you, your brain can fill in things based upon assumption. There are a lot mm -hmm. of things that can happen with regard to memory and, you know, memories can change over time as well. So it's like you remember something a particular way. Then over time, it's just like, you know, you tell a story and you add something in there to make the story better. <laughs> and that becomes a part of the memory. So there are a lot of interesting things that come out of that. So I'm really interested in this book is again called The Net and the Butterfly. I just thought it might be interesting reading for our viewers, or excuse me, our listeners. We're not viewing yet, but hopefully before the end of the year, we'll be getting to that. So, um, yeah, that that's me. Um, I guess there's another thing I saw um, that I thought was interesting was, um, did anybody hear what uh, Shannon Sharp had to say uh, with regard to Colin Kaepernick on uh, FS1? No. No, I saw the headline, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually listen to the listen to the the video i didn't watch the video all right so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to play this clip i hope this is it and i'll try to play the clip it's about three minutes long let's listen to it and see what shannon sharp has to say 
for President Trump to take time out of his schedule to address. Now, he says, Skip, some quarterback for the 49ers. Nobody has ever heard of him. Could have been Joe Montana. Could be Steve Young. Oh, As did he. And I said this earlier, Skip, if you want to know a lot about a person, give him power. See, President Trump, he loves this power because he says the owners fear of getting a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Skip, you're talking about men that's worth billions and billions of dollars, and they fear. That's how he wants to govern. See, you if you're in Iran, you're in Russia, or you're one of these small African countries, you fear the rulers. You would fear him. The backlash if you spoke out against him. You speak out against Putin in Russia to see what happens. You speak out against the uh, 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 the Shah of Iran, the, the supreme leader of Iran, and see what happens. But in America, our most powerful elected official wants to rule by fear, and he will address a civilian because he doesn't align with what you believe? This is what we know about the First Amendment, Skip. We love the First Amendment. We're all for it, as long as I agree with what you're saying. I agree with your protest as long as they align with what I want to protest. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then you and I have a problem. But this is where we are now. We should not be shocked. We should not be surprised. And although President Trump wants to take some some congratulatory congratulatory pats on the back that thinks he has something to do with this. Yes. I think a small part of these owners and general managers do not believe Colin Kaepernick can play anymore. I do believe a small fragment of the owners and general managers believe that the protest and the outcry of the stance that he took would be too much for them to bear. Yep. And then maybe, hey, maybe there are five or ten guys that do not want to get that nasty tweet. But I find it ironic. The very man that sued the National Football League, this is the same man that the NFL did everything they possibly could to make sure he could not buy the Buffalo Bills. And then we got an owner flying on the Air Force One coming and going to Mar-a-Lago. Eve golf in 10 weeks. Hey, do you? But my only thing is, is that at some point in time, we're going to have to stop addressing the kneeling. And we're going to have to start addressing what led Colin Kaepernick to kneel. Because that's the issue that nobody wants to talk about. And you hate the man, Skip. Gave a million dollars out of his own pocket. All of endorsement money that he got from the jersey sales and his likeness, he donated to a worthy cause that represented the cause that he felt would benefit the people of impoverished communities. He just got his foundation 60,000 pounds food and water mm-hmm. sent to the African nations that's suffering yep. from the famine. And I ask you this, the people that's so upset about Colin Kaepernick's protest, how much money have you donated in your lifetime to help someone else that didn't look like you, that didn't act like you, that didn't talk like you, or didn't have your same religious background? So I just thought he I thought he did a, a good job. He's almost making me want to watch that show. But I, I so I so love Skip Bayless <laughs> that I don't know if I could do that. Um it, it's a which show? Because Stephen A. Smith is equally objectionable, sure. Yeah, but like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless aren't on the same show anymore. Uh, um that, Oh really? No, yeah, yeah, no, no. Skip Bayless is on uh FS one now. 
And that's oh. the reason. That's the reason. And he's on FS1 with Shannon Sharp. So that that's been since at least September of last year. So he's he's been off of ESPN for a while now. Um, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, Skip Bayless. I mean, uh, Stephen A. Smith is with Max. What's, what's the dude's last name? The white dude. He did like he used to like you know do boxing commentary with uh, Larry Merchant. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't. Uh, I, I want to say his... Kellerman or something. I don't know his last name. I can't remember his last name often. But like yeah, so he's he's doing um he's doing um that show that he and Skip were doing for years with him. Um, and Carrie, I can't even remember her name. Is is it the moderator anymore? So she's not in the middle anymore. She, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know. So, uh, all that to be said, um, I don't like Fox, so I don't want to watch FS1 or support them. But at the same time, I kind of feel like Shannon Sharp has a lot of clips that have amassed on YouTube and Facebook where he said a lot of like true stuff that uh, I think is necessary for people to hear. And it's kind of one of those, like you were saying earlier, facts are neutral. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't get beyond it. Like he's you're speaking the truth or you're not. So, yeah, um, I, I thought it was just powerful. So I thought it was, it was something worth sharing with the audience. Well, to tack on to that, Nate Scott, I think he's over at Fox News too. Wrote a piece about how like we can't make excuses about how they're saying oh. Colin Kaepernick is a distraction, and that's why they don't want him, because New Orleans was looking at signing Johnny Manziel, and about the last place you want a 24-year-old <laughs> in and out of rehab-ass motherfucker is New Orleans, because that is a place, you know what I'm saying? New Orleans where, and Miami. You know what I'm saying? Or, or if Vegas had a team, Vegas. I mean, it's just like... Well, they're, try, they're trying just, to get one drop them out of the frying pan and straight into the motherfucking fire. Like, I just, I don't understand. So, you know, I think we all knew what the Kaepernick, you know, thing was about. But, I mean, if Johnny Manziel is looking at a contract from the Saints, then. Yeah, but that yeah. kicker, that kicker. This, uh, ain't about, this ain't about talent. This ain't about who can win. This is about, you know, like, connections. And yeah. What looks good. That, that kicker who uh, was a charge for assaulting his wife very recently is, is still in the NFL, unlike Ray Rice. Mm. And he he, uh, he also uh, got a contract extension. He got some pretty decent money, actually, from what I hear. So um, it's, 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 a, it's a, lot of, a lot of shady business. Though. Like, you know, that's, that's why I'm not a fan of Goodell and have not been a fan of Goodell. Uh, I just think he's, a, he's a, a tool, and Goodell gets paid dumb money. I think that mm-hmm. Goodell gets like 43 million a year. Mm. It's, it's Isn't ridiculous. he like Roger Kraft, like basically like henchman? I, it kind of feels like there's a lot of collusion between Kraft and Robert Kraft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels Robert like that. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, but it feels Robert like there's Robert a lot of collusion between White Man. Goodell and uh, uh, Kraft. And and the crazy thing is, you can say that Goodell is like you know, well, the whole like. Patriots fans are like, yeah, but Brady got suspended, blah, 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 and so forth and so on. But, like, everything ain't equal. And, and I'll point out something. Look, I'm I'm a fan of the Washington franchise. I call them the Redskins because that's their name. I agree that the name needs to change, so let's move on. All right. As far as the Washington Redskins are concerned, I've been a fan since I was a child. That's my team. I don't believe in switching up. I believe in loyalty. That's just how I get down. 
So I guess when it comes to sports, I'm a masochist. Now, every time it works out, not every time, but sometimes it works out. Wizards are playing well right now. We'll see where it goes. Again, I digress. Um, a few years back, after the the Redskins had paid a king's ransom for Robert Griffin III with a whole bunch of trade uh, picks, um, we were hurt for money, and uh, it was an uncapped year. So being an uncapped year means there's no limit. Uh, to how much you can spend in a particular year because there's a set limit how much people can spend just to make sure that the competition is fair between teams. Is there are teams that are the major markets like a Dallas or a New York and there are teams that are in smaller markets that don't have as much financial wherewithal to compete with the big boys. So you put things in a capped year, right? So this was a particular year that was uncapped. It doesn't happen often, but it did. So when it's uncapped, both the Cowboys and the Redskins decided from a financial point of view, we got some contracts that are really heavy. We had Albert Hainsworth for one. We paid $100 million for his bum ass. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the Cowboys had some contracts on their, on their side, like we're going to restructure our contracts. So in this year, because it's not capped, we're just going to make sure that that contract is not hitting us as much over the long term. So we're going to front load a lot of the money in this uncapped year to basically give us a little bit of financial relief moving forward. Makes sense? So uh-huh. the the other owners in the league are like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And they're like, you know, it's like one of those things like, yo, uh, there's nothing to say that we can't because it's an uncapped year. We're not doing anything illegal. We're not doing anything that's against the rules. So that fuck it. They did it. And I tell you, 24 hours before they went into free agency, a penalty came down from Roger Goodell. And this is how you know shady business go on. A penalty came down from Roger Goodell, and and the the Cowboys were hit with a $20 million penalty that they could stretch over two years or pay outright. And the Redskins were hit with a $36 million penalty that they could pay over two years or pay outright. Now, if the same thing happened... Why were there two different fines and of such great, uh, uh, great difference between the two? That would never happen to Robert Kraft, ever. That would never happen to the Kraft family. And we, look, this is the same family that has gotten caught cheating with uh, what Deflate Gate. Mm-hmm. They, they got caught cheating with Spygate. Mm-hmm. And the only teams that I can think of in recent memory that have a gate attached to the end of their name, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's not we're not even talking about Antonio Gates or Bill Gates. We're talking about like actual scandals. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it, it, this is how football operates. This is how Goodell operates. He's very just like you know I don't know. He makes a lot of suspensions based upon like the way the Ray Rice thing was handled. And I know this is not going to be popular what I'm about to say, but I thought the way the Ray Rice thing was handled was very shaky and very shady because when it happened, Ray Rice came forward and said, "Yeah, I did this," and he explained everything that he did. And they suspended him for two games per the uh, the current rules and laws within the NFL. When the video came out, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got to, we got to, yeah, we got to do something about this. And then they then suspended him for the entire year and he hasn't played a, a down in the league since. So I'm not saying he wasn't wrong for what he did, but how are you going to have a different set of rules for different players? Because if another player – has been allegedly uh, has alleged Greg Hardy is a great example. Greg Hardy assaulted his his then girlfriend and allegedly threw her on a bed of guns, a bed of guns. And Greg Hardy is no a huh? There's no video. It doesn't matter. But it's about how we look. 
I get it. You know, it's about how we look. Because how we look affects how people feel. And you know, Luke Gingrich told us that he'll take a feel <laughs> over a fact any day. So the fact is, Ben Roethlisberger, you know what I'm saying? With his two rape allegations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Is, you know, you know, maybe possibly a rapist twice over. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't got no tape. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well. You won't worry about that. You know, Ray Rice, however, had the unfortunate, you know, what were they, a casino or some shit like yeah. that? There was some place, Elevator. you know, where, you know, basically you had the misfortune of having building security not be on your side that day. Yeah. That's fucked up. But it just look, made them look bad. So it's not that they care that they players beat women. It's just that, you know what I'm saying, y'all can't be caught doing that shit on tape. And I'm pretty sure there have been several conversations with Mr. Rice about the fact that, like, dude, it was on tape. Like, people feel some type of way about this shit. You know, the feminists. So, as long as you don't make them look bad and they can't prove it, you know what I'm saying? We, we can, like, have an allegation go away because that's just hearsay. But tape is... It's kind of hard to live down, especially when it just keeps getting looped over and over again on TMZ. Like, that's it's not good for anybody. This whole conversation, uh, it kind of, I've been listening to what we've been saying and uh, kind of considering Shannon Sharp's words and uh, some of the points you made, Lee, uh, in reference to his words about, you know, this is this is not Donald Trump wants America to he wants to rule America in a way that's not America and I, I'm with you in agreeing with what Shannon Sharp said he, he makes some very pointed remarks um, pointed and poignant um, remarks um, the one problem I have with his remarks unfortunately is that you know America is an ideal. America has always been an ideal. And that's what he's speaking to. It's always been a concept, Mm -hmm. right? You know, but America has never been the ideal. It's never been the ideal of America. It's never been the concept of America. And you and I would agree with that. So that's the one, that's the saddening, frustrating, angering part of all of this is that Donald Trump acting the way he conducting himself the way he does he's not the antithesis of the actual america he's the antithesis of the american ideal he is the embodiment of the actual america donald trump is america without the filters without the politics without the drawn curtains and shades, you know, when you when you hear what sounds like domestic violence from a neighbor's house, but you don't actually see what's going on. It has all the familiar sounds of domestic violence, but you don't see it. You don't actually see hands hitting faces. You don't actually see that Donald Trump is opening the curtains. Donald Trump is showing the world this is what America actually is and it's just hilarious because barack obama this nation's first potentially only black president 
did everything within his power based on what he has seen, based on his life experience, and based on uh, what previous American presidents have shown him. He did his best to embody the ideal of America, the concept of America. And we all, we have various levels of agreement on whether or not he actually achieved that. I don't think he achieved it. I think he definitely made a very, very strong effort. And I will say the, the strongest effort that I've seen definitely in a modern president, um, maybe in a president ever, but you have to consider some of the things that, you know, other presidents have had to deal with in history. Um, that's a different conversation. But I think as far as a modern president go, pro, pro modern president goes, you have one man who did everything within his power to embody that ideal, that American concept. And then he is followed by a president who actually exposes what America actually is. He exposes the dysfunction of America. He exposes the, you know, the, 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 the continuing, the continuing bigotry, hatred, racism, misogyny, xenophobia, like these things have always been America. It's what America's always been, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's not veiled, you yeah. know, with Trump. And it's a it's a sad, unfortunate reality, but it is reality. So when Shannon Sharp makes those statements, I'm like, yo, bruh, I agree with you. You and I are on the same page. And if we're only talking about the American ideal and the American concept, there's no holes in a statement like that. But when you actually look at America, when you actually look at a people's history of this country and look at the oppressed, look at the oppressors, look at the haters and the hated, look at the dividers and the divided, the conquered and the conquerors like Donald Trump is just showing America itself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's what, the reflection. What I what I will say is I don't disagree with that assessment at all. I think I think it's spot on. I think uh Shannon Sharp did exactly what he was supposed to, to supposed to do though. And that is he spoke towards the ideal because that's what everybody continues to address. Right. And he has to speak in that way because if he doesn't speak towards that ideal, then everything he says after that fact, even though he it was still accurate, mm-hmm. anything he says after that fact, after not speaking to that ideal, mm-hmm. is lost. Yep. And he's on Fox News Network. It's Fox Sports 1, mm-hmm. FS1. So if he has a, has a chance of reaching a completely different demographic than was on ESPN. Right. And ESPN is not the ESPN that was a few years ago. They are hurting right. in a lot of different areas. Uh, they're not the juggernaut they used to be, um, as evidenced by the people that they're firing or letting go. So I, I think he, 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 he put that together as well as you could hope one to do so. Uh, I, I just, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I'm, so I, I get what you're saying, but I'm it, not knocking this. I know you're not. I'm I'm saying that I'm saying that for, I'm just doing that as, as a mild counter. Mm. Um just for the the fairness of like people listening. I right, know you right. understand it. Right, right. But as again, it's not just us in this conversation. I want to make sure that I think that's what Shannon Sharp was doing. I'm pretty sure that's what you think Shannon Sharp is doing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's fair with your assessment, 
But I think he kind of had to speak towards that ideal. And I think most of us have to do that when we're speaking in front of a mixed audience. We have to speak towards that ideal because ultimately that's when it benefits us as well. Those who are disenfranchised have to speak towards their ideal. Now, we can also address the fact that that ideal has never been held, upheld for us. Largely, it's not been upheld for women, including white women. But, you know, we have to speak towards that ideal. When we speak towards that ideal, that's when you, we, we're able to get ourselves on a somewhat equal footing, if you want to put air quotes around that shit. But, yeah, you have to speak to the ideal because that's the only thing you can use to hold people accountable, right? Exactly. You can't say, uh, I need to, we need to hold America accountable to what it what it is because uh, America is never going to be accountable to what it is because it never admits what it is. It never admits the truth <laughs> on what it is and what it's done and what it continues to do to uh, people, its people and people of other nations. But if you speak to the ideal, then you could at least leverage that and say, hey, America, this is what you say you are. This is what you say we are supposed to be as a nation. Correct. And this is what you're failing to do to meet that ideal. But I was just saying I would be remiss if I didn't point out and acknowledge that it is an ideal and it is a concept. And it would be wonderful if we did work towards that and actually work to achieve that. But we've never been it. Not in the history of this nation. America has never been that ideal. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate. And and, and the crazy part is then when that is brought up, people, you know, get so defensive. And I guess this goes back to that neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. But just let's just think about a couple of things. You know, we were granted, you know, you know, the, the, the right as U.S. citizens to vote with the 13th Amendment. That shit was never enforced. Right. You know, just because something was like granted doesn't mean people are going to actually enforce it on a state and local level, much less the federal one, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like Dave Chappelle said, just because the law changes don't mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't mean yeah. they're going to like you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, right. it's, you know, the Voting Rights Act in the 60s and the Civil Rights Act in the 60s, these happened in the 60s, the, the right to legally be able to marry somebody of another ethnicity it was 1967 i believe mm-hmm. loving versus virginia so that means that people were violently like you know opposed sometimes in a physical manner mm-hmm. to the idea of somebody white marrying somebody of another race yep in 1967 now yep. that that's not that long ago that's my parents lifetime and that's a mere 10 years before i touched this earth that's not a long time ago i'm a young man i haven't touched 40 yet so I just want to throw that out there in terms of perspective. We, a lot of times we like to di- disillusion ourselves when we talk about this American ideal and what it's supposed to mean for everybody. And we have to be able to be fair and be able to honestly tell people it's not what you think it is if it doesn't work for everybody. The ideal is a lie unless it works for everybody. We can't be the land of the free and the home of the brave and the, the, uh, the ability to uh, pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit, the life of liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, mm-hmm. if if we can't all be able to achieve that, then then what are we doing? Um, I read something not too long ago that uh, I believe it was the state of Kentucky um, uh, has a measure um, where they're they're trying to um, uh, desegregate schools. Uh, uh, I, I'm 
I have to look it up. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that I, I'm pretty sure I, and I could be off I base like some, with that. I, I have like to, some details. No, no, I have to look it up. And this is one of those things. My problem is, and I got to stop doing this. My problem is I start seeing on these news clips or whatever and these news. And I actually, I'll go and vet them and I make sure they're coming from credible places. So like, oh, this is interesting. And I put it in this, this queue basically, and I'll save it for like when we sit down and we talk. Mm-hmm. Now, if we miss a week or if, you know, the conversation doesn't flow in that direction, it just gets pushed further and further down that queue. So I have a whole bunch of news articles that are just sitting there that I never like tweeted out or anything like that. So I need to do better with that. And the problem is I, I also don't tweet when I'm finding a lot of these articles because I just happen to be reading news throughout the day and I'll save it. So I got I got to do better with that, just balancing wow. things out. I can't speak to Kentucky, but I mean, we live more segregated now than we did in the 70s. So if we live more segregated now and most children are, you know, assigned their school by uh, where they live, then it would make more more sense that not just Kentucky, but all of America needs to think about desegregating um, the schools. And I think that I remember reading I think an article in the New York Times last year, I believe, maybe like this time last year, about um, public schools in Brooklyn, in gentrified Brooklyn, where um, nice, good, respectable, white hipster parents who have moved into Brooklyn are totally uninterested in having their children attend the neighborhood school if it is going to be majority black and brown. And so there's been a fight over um, like school like closings and, you know, like zonings and will kids from this neighborhood, will the boundary lines be here for this school? And if so, then we don't want that because we don't want our kids with those kids. And like everybody's saying a bunch of nice things to talk about, you know, like school performance and test scores and all that. But what they're really saying is, we don't want our nice little white kids with them poor little black and brown kids. Like that's not acceptable. They're using race. They use race and neutral language. That's that's what happened, and this happened throughout history. Like race, you know, race intensive language was acceptable for a point in time, and then there came a point in history where you could not overtly use racial language. And when that happened, they started using race neutral language. So you that's started that Lee Atwater right there. Yeah, you started using using words like criminals. You know. Like you can't, right. you can't hate black people, but you can hate criminals. So boom, we have everybody hating criminals. Then we just make all the black people criminals. So then we can just right. say criminals and we got them all covered. So right. now you talk about school performance and test scores. You keep everybody segregated so you can say, okay, yeah, these schools don't perform well. And those schools are right. just, they just so happen to be full of black children, you know, mm-hmm. race neutral. Yeah. It's, it, I, the, the, the ideal of America Look, here's the thing. Nobody's asking America to be perfect. Nobody's asking that. Just like nobody's asking people to be perfect. An ideal does not mean perfection. An ideal means your most optimal form, right? A most optimal means there's still some negatives. There's still some problems. There's still some things that need to be mitigated, but... You are optimally executing, performing and being right. And that's all we're asking America to do. You know, we're not saying America, you need to solve every single problem in the world and we need to exist in a utopia 
Nobody's saying that. We, we're just saying, hey, everybody born in America is a person. Everybody who seeks to come to America for a better life, they are people. Can we just at least start with the equal equivalent understanding <laughs> that everybody's people? Can we just start there? We we haven't even been able to get there. You know, we haven't been the we weren't the ideal during slavery. We weren't the ideal during Jim Crow. We weren't the ideal before slavery when we were, you know, scalping natives and taking the land from them. We weren't the the ideal during, you know, the loving case. Mm -hmm. We weren't the ideal, you know, when Oscar Grant was murdered, when Trayvon Martin was murdered, when Sandra Bland got killed in jail. That's the whole history. <laughs> That's but, from but the I beginning of the nation to, to now. <laughs> but I think even deeper than that, like, you know, nothing about our European, like, predecessors was ideal like nope. people came here to escape religious persecution they were shipped over here as indentured servants or as um you know criminals you know just like we don't want you here so we'll send you somewhere else so i mean like you know to pretend like the european you know heritage that we have is so fucking great to me is also like problematic and so like europe is this ideal Thing except for the fact that like all these motherfuckers came here as fucking refugees. So like, I mean, how good was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, potato famines, pogroms. You know what I'm saying? Economic, you know, like fucked up shit. Like just instability, political instability. Like people have come here from Europe to escape the fucked upness of their European history. And so like when they come here and pretend like, well, we should all look to Europe as a classic example, like a classic example of what? Because your grandparents and your great grandparents were refugees. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of uh, looking. I, I got to find the article specifically that I was looking for, but um, with the Daily Beast, there's there's something on the goal of Kentucky Republicans seeking to resegregate. I said desegregate, so I apologize for that. Also, while I'm speaking on it, um, I'll try posting this, but um, I misspoke a little bit last time when we were discussing the Affordable Care Act and some of the benefits of it. Um, so I wanted to address that. Um, also, I want to address some other things in terms of what's going to be taken away with this AHCA, the uh, Affordable Health Care Act, because they think they slick <laughs> by giving it a similar name. Similar name. Um, uh, I guess we should speak to the fact that if the they fact, ever if they ever pass it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, that was supposed to happen on Friday. There was an ultimatum given by President Trump that he was supposed to uh, that the Republicans were supposed to hold a vote, uh, or he would just move on from the idea of, of repealing the uh, the Health Care Act, and the vote didn't happen. And the reason why it didn't happen is because they didn't have the votes and they didn't want to go through the embarrassment of seeing all the people that didn't have the votes. So, yo, I thought they didn't have a few votes as they've been more Monday morning quarterback in this situation. Mm -hmm. They did not have a lot of votes. Yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of yeah. Republicans. They needed not they needed they, they could have gone without 22, I think, Republican votes and still passed it in the House. And they were at 36 with like another 20 or so leaning towards a no. And you know, no Democrats were supporting it. Of course not. So, of course not. Trevor Noah called <laughs> Trevor Noah called that joint premature, premature legislation. <laughs> <laughs> 
they came too quick on that joint. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. That, but this speaks to that speaks to like you know when you're you're coming from a narrative, whatever you continue to believe that narrative, but you're not doing anything. The entire time that they were complaining about the Affordable Health, oh, excuse me, the Affordable Care Act, um, uh, promoted and passed by one Barack Hussein Obama, um, they complained about it for seven years after they had a hand in you know having that shit pass. So if you don't like something, fix it. But the idea of trying to repeal it and then replace it, not the repeal and replace, like with something new. You want to repeal and then replace it and then we'll figure something out afterwards. Like, no. And, you know, the the, uh, the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, had to revise their numbers also, which also didn't make that good. They're saying uh, like 24 people, 24 million Americans will lose coverage uh, under the projected uh, new American health care act or the the greatest healthcare plan in the world as they it was it was nicknamed oh but lee that's a that's a miss that's a misdirection that's a mischaracterization because of those 24 million people 11 million of those people if they didn't have the mandate they would just drop their healthcare coverage everywhere no that's anyway. right cuz poor people don't really yeah. want health coverage so only 13 million people would lose their healthcare coverage yeah. That's according to congressional Republicans. That's, I, I can't that's, tell whether or not you're being facetious, facetious or you're being sincere. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't do I don't do well. Sarcasm. You know, the, the sarcasm doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Just, Only when I do sarcasm can I tell. This, I'm going, this was fine. Car sarcasm, but that, but, sir. But that makes it better because <laughs> what they are doing is giving control back to the consumer. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, wait, so are the, you? Those, those people would have been burdened with the unnecessary cost. Of health insurance. See, so I can't tell if she's being facetious. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> man, now when it's not her true, sarcasm's yeah. throwing off my sarcasm. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's well, I'm, I'm being halfway sarcastic, but that's the serious Republican argument. Okay, and then she's doing the same thing I was doing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we, no, we were, I knew what she was doing. We I knew what you were doing. Making yeah, no. serious arguments yeah, sarcastically. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, let's also talk about uh, Devin Nunez just for a second. Christy, do you want to rail off on this one first, or you know, or you know? Did you want to speak towards Mr. Nunez? It's a little fuckboy troll who ran off to the White House with the security information and didn't alert his committee and then was like, oh, my bad. It was a bad judgment call. But like, really, it was a bad breaking protocol. And nigga, you can't be trusted with shit. And like, does he still have clearances? I'm asking because like, that's a legit question. No, it, but this is also the same. Come to a head? This is also the same dude that was also part of the Trump transition team. So why is he even leading this shit in the first place? Why is he even oh, on it? I did not know that he was a part of the transition. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was on the Trump transition team. Was just like, why is he even there in the first place? Here's the thing. I said it. It's been a couple weeks. I feel as though I can bring it back. But um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I said it. It's, it's been weeks since I've said it. It'll be all right. So what I thought was kind of you know tickling the rib bone a little bit for me was the fact that he went out in front of media and he had this this statement and the statement was so insub it was nothing it was a bunch of air he basically said there was some incidental information collected on members of the Trump team but not necessarily Donald Trump and he knew it involved certain members but he couldn't say who, which members involved or what it was about so then what are you reporting what are you telling if it's if it's if it's inconsequential or incidental information that didn't have to do the folks 
a bright bar, a sound bite to, you know what I'm saying? On top of the fact that he on. on top of the fact that he stated that it wasn't illegal and everything was by the book. So if it wasn't illegal, everything was by the book, it wasn't Barack, uh, President Barack Obama who had anything to do with it. It was legal like uh uh stuff that was taken incidentally. Uh what do you what what are we discussing here? And and the other ca- the other thing on top of that was um after he was asked, that then he said like, "Oh, like yeah, this this was this was this was legal." You know, he didn't say that initially. A reporter had to ask, and then he came out with the fact that this was legal and by the books. So, like, what are we talking about? Why are you? Why? Why did you feel the need to run and, and go do that? So, there's a lot of like, you know, people jockeying and scrambling for power and trying to save face because you know they were trying to call this new health care plan the Ryan plan, and they were also trying to call this shit the Trump plan, so they know exactly who to stick it to. Nobody really wanted to take ownership of it. <laughs> just, it's, it's a lot of comical stuff going on right now, man. It's, it's, it's a lot. And at the end of the day, these people who like need health care are unfortunately the the pawns in this very very twisted game that's being played. There's part of this that's uh, obviously very very frustrating, right? To see uh, to see everything that's occurring with the Trump uh, the Trump administration and with. Uh, congressional activities and with investigations into connections to Russia and just everything that's happening in the news cycle. A lot of it is very, very frustrating. There is one very small part of this that I'm actually just appreciating. Um, And it, and it, it goes to the point that I made earlier about America, like never really being the American ideal. Um, You know, there is something to be said for America, American hypocrisy being so blatantly open and on display for what I feel is like the the most egregious, like this is the worst it's ever been. Like, so America's always been been hypocritical. Finger pointing and wagging like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Meanwhile, you shouldn't pressure people. But meanwhile, you know, like, yeah, yeah, they've always done it. Yeah. But it's so blatant. It's so open. Like you could be. Like it, there's nothing covert about it. There's nothing hidden about it. It's just it's just such hypocrisy. We haven't seen hypocrisy like this since slavery. Where you well, at least a where, you, where you say at least you say all movement. men are created equal while you're literally whipping somebody. Like you're literally yeah, I would say at least writing a, a constitution with, with a pen in one hand and a cat of nine tails in the other hand. I, I think I think the civil rights movement because I, I think there's a lot of civil unrest. I think they actually even went harder in the civil rights movement. Well. I mean, like you know, the COINTELPRO in and of itself, they went harder in the civil rights no, movement. No, I can't. I, I actually can't co-sign that because, like, if you but read, there was so much rape during you know, like the diary. No, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Fuck that. If you read the diaries of people who own slaves, they talk about shit like it's so remarkable. They can do all of this hard work with so little food. They can do all of this with so little sleep. When you remark on how amazing it is that people can function in certain conditions, that you, you are admitting yeah. that they should not be able to function exactly. in those Exactly, exactly. So it was actually worse then, because while you are saying all men are created equal, you Preach. are branding human beings with your fucking property stamp. You get me excited. That is worse than the civil rights movement. Okay, so... But that was worse. Okay, so uh, again, like uh, this is one of the reasons why I have you guys there because uh, 
I wasn't trying to suggest that the civil rights movement. And let us not forget, because I just <laughs> have to mention it, that like Sally Hemings was 14. So not only was Jefferson a fucking rapist, but he he's a also a pedophile. Okay, so again, um, this is why I have you guys on. I wasn't trying to suggest, although that's where it sounded like, I wasn't trying to suggest that slavery was not as bad or milder than the civil rights movement. We were talking about the hypocrisy and the finger wagging in the terms of, you got to realize in the civil rights movement in that era, this is a time where there people not only hear what's going on, they can physically see what's going on through like mass media. So you have TVs, you have all these things. So while you're trying, it's different when you can tell people, and you say, this is what I heard. It's different when you can tell people like, this is what I think is going on. But when you can physically see it on the TV and you're still holding that whole bullshit ideal, like this is what we're about. And you're trying to tell other people what they should be doing in terms of how they should govern their people. Meanwhile, you're going into people's houses, not even going into their houses. The way Fred Hampton died was fucked up. They shot through his, his wall and his, through his door while he was sleeping with his pregnant girlfriend. You know, like the way they did Megger Evers, the way they did so many like civil rights leaders and people who were in the Black Panther Party and all that other stuff. So I'm not saying that slavery was was better than the civil rights era. I'm just talking about the hypocrisy that they had to stand on in terms in terms of like we know this shit is fucked up and we know you can see it, but you don't really see this. Just like look elsewhere, even though it's like right on your TV. You know, I mean, so. well, but but let's talk about the fact that like the whole civil rights, all of that, like the, the political response to that is propaganda. And it's propaganda because, you know what I'm saying, it is a response to the Soviet Union saying to their people, look, you know what I'm saying, look at America, like they're a bunch of fucking hypocrites because look what they do to their black people, look what they do to their colored people, like, you know what I'm saying, like democracy, ha ha. You so know I... what I'm saying? And, 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 and so we responded you know, politically by saying, oh, well, we can't have them making fools of us. You know what I'm saying? They didn't pass the civil rights bill because they thought black people actually deserve some rights or that they were in the wrong. They passed the civil rights bill because Russia was making a fool of us. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the funny thing is that Putin is doing the same exact thing again. He's meddling in our democracy. And it's Russia saying, look, you know what I'm saying? You, Russians, you, you shouldn't want democracy because look at America. You know what I'm saying? They don't really have democracy. Look at Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at that. They, they still shoot their people down in the street. You know what I'm saying? And instead of having the same kind of propagandistic response, which, you know what I'm saying, is problematic at its core, but at least it benefits colored people in some sort of way. Instead of having that response, we have doubled down our Americanness and said, yes, we are a country of Christian white people who should be run by white men and, you know what I'm saying, look at us. We are the greatest. You know what I'm saying? And we voted to make America great again. So we voted to make America all white and male. And the sad thing about it is like Slim said, you know what I'm saying? Instead of doing, you know, the noble thing, which would be propagandistic, but at least it would be noble, like we did with the civil rights movement, we have doubled down and said, you know, no, this is what America is. America is a bunch of white men telling everybody else how to live their lives. And it's also a, a, a population of people who have some form of repre representative democracy, but ultimately, this is a financial colony. Yo, 
I have so many things I want to say right now. There's <laughs> so, so much you said. Like, it is that so thing, difficult like, for oh, me to choose. That. I agree with that. I disagree with that. I agree with that. Just, yeah. I cannot choose. There's so many things that I want to say right now. So I was thinking a couple of things uh, based on Christy's, what Christy said. I'm going to go ahead and make this one uh, rhetorical because we don't have to answer this right now. This is something, a thought that just occurred to me. And maybe I won't go to the next thing. Maybe I'll say this and then we'll, we'll feel like we actually want to answer it and discuss it. Um, so is Donald Trump, is he a liar? Is he a hypocrite? Or is he both? Because see, all hypocrites are liars to be a hypocrite you have to lie you have to lie to other people you have to lie to yourself Mm -hmm. all right but all liars are not hypocrites you could be you could dissemble without contradicting yourself you can do that um it takes a certain level of genius to execute that so just rhetorically i'm wondering if like donald trump is just a habitual liar like he says something and then he says something different from what he said before but does he actually do anything different than what he himself says. Yeah, he's he's definitely he's he's both. So and as I was saying, I was gonna he's I was both. gonna put his it tweets, out there. His tweets have already have already have already shown that he's he's shown he's said in tweets or whatever where he was for something before when it favored something he was uh, he was with. Allah was Shannon Sharp said it it was an agreement with what he liked or but, what he was cool but that's with. Him. But that's when him it, when say, it gets that's him saying something. I don't and think that's saying makes something different. Right. Hi- hypocrisy is not about what you say. He versus said he was what only going to use American steel for the no, call no, no, and then no, no, and something no, other than no. American steel. But that makes him a liar. That so, makes him so hip- let's okay. Say that does make him a hypocrite because he's never he had an opportunity to do it before. It, okay, so like basically saying that we do not need to. We need to keep American jobs here, and he, he has this shit manufactured in China. His ties and his clothes. That's not hypocrite. That, that does make him a hypocrite. See, I think he is a liar and a hypocrite, but I think he's most often guilty of being a liar. So, like, when he mm. flip-flops on issues, that's him lying to the people that he's in front of. Not necessarily a hypocrite in that instance. Right, exactly. Yeah. What makes him a hypocrite is things like, we should bring jobs back to America, but I manufacture my shit in China. Yeah, that specifically or makes him I a think hypocrite. That, or I think that Barack Obama's a shitty president because he's always on vacation playing golf, and we pay a lot of money for that. That specifically and makes him a hypocrite. I, and, right, exactly. And <laughs> the hypocritical part of that is I am always on vacation playing golf, and it's going to cost y'all a lot of money. Yeah. So he is both a liar and a hypocrite. But the thing he is most problematic and guilty of is the lying. Yeah. He's definitely he's lying a liar. Outright. He's definitely a liar. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody. But it's so. It's just. It's so blatant. It's almost, especially into your point earlier, Lee. Uh, Lee, and I think I had a point. Yeah, the point. I think the point you were trying to make it wasn't lost. It's just because we were talking about the civil rights movement, movement mm-hmm. versus slavery, and that's just like a hot button. But you were trying to make a point about. Uh, how difficult it becomes to do and say egregious things in a time where information is more readily available to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that point makes what Donald Trump does and says to me even more impressive from a certain perspective because he's saying this at a time where it's not just that He's saying it and he forgets that everybody will see what he's saying. He's intentionally using mediums 
where he knows everybody's going to see what he's saying and he's doing it and he's lying with complete disregard for what he has said before, with complete disregard for what he has done before. To me, there is some the the. The pussy one has to have to do something like that. To say something, not the balls, because remember the balls are not, they're not, right. they're not yeah. strong. The pussy is yeah. strong. So yeah. to have the pussy to do something like that, to say something like that. I mean, Donald Trump is not scrotal with his with his with his jam. That's not his jam. Like Donald Trump gets down. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like his opinions. I don't like his views. I don't like what he's doing to this country. I don't like what he represents about the country, what he's revealed about the country. But, you know, I got to hand it to him. I've, I've been making this statement to a few people because um, I'm really just starting to shape my idea about this. But, you know, President Obama came into office with a really uh, congenial attitude. Okay, he came into office and said, we had a contentious primary, we had a contentious election, but now I'm genuinely going to try to work with Congress to get legislation passed. Right. And President Obama, for most of his presidency, tried to walk terms, with, tried to work within the confines, tried to work within the confines. Now, President Obama ended up ha- having a ton of executive orders. Right. He now. That's also uh, something Trump talked about. He also talked about how many executive orders that right. pre- President Barack Obama and did. He, he's on pace to have an insane amount of executive orders. But President yeah. Obama, of the last four two-term presidents, he is fourth in executive orders. <laughs> and he's in, in even in the scope of history, you got to look at executive orders. There are presidents, and I'd have to pull it up to give you the exact presidents. There are presidents who have had thousands of executive orders. I'm talking about like depression era presidents and stuff like that. They had thousands of executive orders. Donald Trump, I'm sorry, uh, President Obama had less than 300. And the four, two, the other three two-term presidents before him, um, Bush, Clinton, and Reagan all had more than he had. And um, H.W. Bush was on pace to have more. But he was only a one-term president, so he didn't get the chance. Right. So Barack Obama spent his entire presidency trying to work with Congress. Congress spent his entire presidency being one of the most obstructionist Congresses in American history. So what did Barack Obama do? He decided that the only way he was going to be able to enact some of these initiatives was to do it via executive order. And some of these executive orders didn't get executed until near the end of his presidency. And some of them haven't even kicked in yet and they've already been undone. Some of them haven't even kicked in yet. Now, here's what Donald Trump has said. Donald Trump came out the gate saying, I am the only one who can fix America's problems. (laughs) Oh, yes. I am Trump Jesus. I am the only one. So here's what I'm going to do. Out the gate, bang, executive orders. Here's the worst case scenario for me. Worst case scenario is I do an executive order so I can say I did what I needed to do to try to uh, get uh, legislation on the books to make America great again, to help the American people. And if it gets shut down in the courts, hey, the courts shut it down. If it gets shut down by Congress, hey, Congress shut it down. But I did my thing. Best case scenario is 
He does the executive order. Nobody can stop it. And it's in place for the entire four years of his first term. Longer if he gets elected for a second term. Uh I don't know if it's Trump's idea to do that or if it's his people's idea to do that. But there, there is a, I can appreciate the reasoning that would cause someone to move in that direction specifically after watching President Obama toil trying to work with Congress for eight years and not getting anything done with them except for the ACA, which they came, they went along with kicking and screaming, but left holes in it so that it would experience the problems that it's experiencing now. You know, right. there's, there's a legitimate obulate, uh, argument that it is collapsing under its own weight. And that's because you haven't put the proper mechanisms in place to actually keep the costs under control. All right. And and it allows insurance companies to leave the exchanges and things like that. So um, that's why I think, you know, this water under the bridge, spilled milk, whatever. Um, Hillary Clinton did recognize the deficiencies and was going to move to enact legislation that would have fixed those deficiencies and make the ACA a better healthcare program. But I digress. Donald Trump is not waiting to work with Congress to pass stuff that he can do on his own right now. And Donald he's Trump just is just doing it. Yeah, he's also <laughs> hilariously trying to bully Congress, which is he is. It don't work like that. It don't work that way. <laughs> I, I, don't, I think I think Donald that's Trump also, believes that he can fire people in Congress. I think he but thinks that's that. also disturbing because that's his party. It's not his party. It's not his party. It's not his party. It's not his party. It's, it's, not, it's, the, party. it's the party that elected him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, yeah Donald Donald is is a is a T. Mm-hmm. He's the Trump party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is not a Democrat. Oh, totally he is a Republican. That. Donald Trump is doing his thing. And Donald Trump is whatever is convenient for Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, am I a Democrat today? Yeah. Does, does that mean more money for the Trump brand? Then I guess I'm a Democrat. So yeah, Donald Trump may be a demagogue. He may be a narcissist. He may be a sensationalist. Um, he may be all about grandeur and and all this other stuff. But Donald Trump decides he wants to do something. And then he does whatever he can to do what he wants to do selfishly. And I think that it's 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 sad and it's unfortunate, but I can see the I can see the reasoning why you would do it when Mm -hmm. someone as intelligent and graceful as President Obama did things the way you were supposed to do them. How much more? Would he have been able to do if he had just like went, <laughs> if he had just gone executive order crazy right at the beginning of his term, his first yeah. term, and just and he puts, wouldn't have made it to a second term. Put stuff in place. Maybe not. Nah. Maybe he, he wouldn't have. Like he, the, the smarter thing would have been for him to wait to get that second, that second election, and then go executive order hand. crazy. Go on hand. Just had yeah, everything yeah, sta- yeah. stacked up like I do in my little queue of uh, articles. <laughs> just have it all stacked up and just blast it all out at once. As far as Trump is concerned, he's already beat the odds. No, Trump was not supposed to be president, and no. he nope. and he is. Yeah, in his mind, he's already won. He's president, well, and he's nobody can ever take that from him. Nope. <laughs> like, like even even when he eventually gets impeached, because I think it's going to happen. But like you know, like. Ah. Uh, so you know Manafort is he, he's on the clock for you know because Manafort who was the the chief of his uh, campaign right uh, it was, it was, he like officially a CI now right 
<laughs> if not, he's about to be. He's about I mean, to be. Now, like, all that he can do to get out of this is to snitch. He, he got to snitch. He about to get all the stitches. Well, now he he was he, the, no because he was he was he admitted that well he didn't admit but it was discovered although I'm pretty sure this was known everybody knew he had ties to Russia right right when he back then but he was getting ten million dollars yeah, a Russian year. payroll. He was getting ten millions dollars ten million dollars a year for at least three four years mm-hmm. where he was specifically in place mm-hmm. to make Russia look good right. in front of people who are not Russian. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if he just went to cocktail parties like, hey, do you hear about that Putin guy? <laughs> He's a stand-up guy. Oh, that Putin. <laughs> Gotta love that Putin. Uh, have you seen the way he fills out a suit? Have you seen him on a horse yeah, without a shirt him, on? Have you seen him shirtless? Oh, That's, my goodness. That you, Putin oh, is a man, Shirtless baby. Putin gets me excited, I'll, indeed, tell, you, I'll indeed. tell you that much. I don't okay. think Paul Manafort sounds like this. But, uh, uh, I don't know, but hey. no, maybe he does today. <laughs> maybe he does today, ladies and gentlemen. This is now the Paul Manafort voice. This is how he's going to sound for Let now me on. tell you a little bit about Siberia. Oh, it mm. is not as cold as people think it it's is. A, no, 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 no. You can go to Siberia and you can vacation there. I've actually found it to be quite cozy. Great skiing, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, the snow is unlike any other. And know what? Caviar. If you want to get to Lots know love. caviar. Get to know Siberia. Hey, if you want to have a baby, go to Siberia. All you can do is stay inside and fuck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's it. That's all you can do because it, well, it is cold, but it's just not as cold as you think it is. I'm Paul, I'm Paul Manafort, and I love Siberia. What happens in Siberia stays in Siberia. Unless you're under Russian surveillance, and then it might potentially one day end up on WikiLeaks. And, uh, so. and Slim is on the board. <laughs> <laughs> As Paul Manafort, I do not approve this joke, or unless it's gonna give me like lesser like jail time. Yeah, All right. Well, well. All right. So yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the end of, that's the end of our random. <laughs> thank thank you for uh, hearing us out on that, Chrissy. Chrissy's probably shaking her head like these dudes. I, I am. I actually saw her. I saw you can only see her the top of her. You can only see the top of her head. I saw right it now. shake a couple of times. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you see okay. the derision in her in her in her eyes? No derision. No okay. derision. I appreciate it. It's I okay. see derision okay. in your eyes. <laughs> With a little disgust as well. Y'all foolish. I knew you was coming out of baked the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Got some shoe polish, paint in my face. All right, man. Ugh. Shout out to Yasin Bey, aka Most Def. Oh, All right. man. So, man, I think we could go on. Now, what? Here's what we're gonna do. I think we're gonna continue the conversation on this side, but we're gonna sign off on this side for the listeners or whatever. Um, we thank you so much again for tuning in. As usual, we thank you for your feedback and your energy, man. In other words, give us your feedback and your energy. If you like what you're hearing, let us know. Go to SoundCloud, leave comments, tell us what you like. Uh, go to the Facebook group, tell us what you like. Share with give your friends. What you say? Rate us, give us a review. Yeah, rate us. Rate us and give us. Yeah, we, we like those what things. We'll like? listen to them. Whole lot of flashback right before you get it started. What do you like? Okay, wait. No, this. I just wasn't prepared. Uh, okay, okay. You caught me off. Guard I went Tyrese that. on it. I don't know why. Yeah, you, you, you caught me off guard with that one. Do, so do, 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 do. Always Coca Cola. You know, these colors, colors always like the same. I'm having the Tyrese. Uh, I don't know why I went Tyrese. Uh, all right, so we're gonna sign off. Ladies and gentlemen, sweet lady, would you be my sweet love? Again, uh, as as some scenes out, I am Davinci Parks, aka Lee Bender the Third. Need me? On the line we have Christy Hunt, aka K Savage, and 
with, with the no on the regular. Have, right, right. have a good week, folks. Hey, hey, look. Be hey, nice look to y'all. each other. Hey, look. I don't know when this is going to be posted, but if it gets posted tonight, make sure I see you at Bus Boys and Poets tomorrow. Make sure we Set or starts every at eight. fourth Monday, for that matter. Every fourth Monday. Standing date. Thank you, K Savage. And that's Sherlington, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. With an S. Come for the slim. See? Stay for the slim. That's really the only thing. Yeah. All right. So we appreciate y'all. Again, we are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, and of course, www.flashblackradio.com. Again, I am Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett the Third. Your boy, that's Double Slim Williams in the building. Christy Hunt, a.k.a. K-Savage. The incomparable K-Savage. The immortal K-Savage. We miss you, Takiya. Yeah, we miss you, Takiya. We yeah, get well, get well. I know, feel better. Yeah, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, just stay blessed out there. Keep your one eye open. Oh, yeah, excuse me, your third eye open and your head on the swivel. All right, stay peace. Stay We're blessed. All that off stuff. to Siberia. All right, ladies and gentlemen, off to Siberia. Siberian vacations on yeah. deck. Are you ready, K Savage, to go party in Siberia? Who's ready to stumble so sure in Siberia? You can bring all the sticky you want. I feel like there's no black people in Siberia. How about some? There are no black people in Siberia, but you know what they have in Siberia? Snow. <laughs> Lots, Lots of, of it. snow. I'm good. How about some vodka and spewed sticky? How about that? Uh, I know what else they have in abundance is borscht. In order to feel safe. <laughs> Who does not like borscht? Who doesn't enjoy a, a heaping, happy helping of, of borscht? Borscht, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> borscht and vodka, ladies and gentlemen. You get vodka, borscht, and voda. Some of the- voda is just water in Russian, but I learned that in fourth grade, ladies and gentlemen. That's the only two things I remember, borscht and voda. That's all I kept from my Russian glass when I was in school. We're going to sip stoli and get... Hail, we're just gonna just have no melanin. <laughs>